Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? You can go through all the paces, you can do all the things that you think God wants you to do, and yet your heart can be far from God. You know, and it's heartbreaking when you start to study this out about the tragedy of Israel and how far they got away from God. But I think there's some powerful lessons for us in the church, in America, all of us as believers, as individuals. In Isaiah chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, I'll read this to you. It'll be on the screen, hopefully. Isaiah chapter 1, we find out that it's about the heart of the matter. It's not about the you know, what you do for God, it's about the why. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11 through 13 says this, To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or in lambs or goats. When you come to appear before me, who has required this from your hand? To trample my courts. Bring no more futile sacrifices. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moons, the Sabbaths, and the calling of assemblies, I cannot endure iniquity and the sacred meeting. You know, what had happened is they were just living wickedly and still going through the motions of religion. They were just going through the paces. And God's telling them, you're living in wickedness. Your sacrifice, your incense stinks. Would that not break your heart to hear that from God? Everything you do for me stinks to high heaven. Stop. I don't want any of it. <laughs> oh, God forbid. You know, I always think about a couple of different passages in Scripture. One that I use to challenge people that in Matthew that talks about when the Lord, so many are going to come to him in that day and say, we did all these works in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. They're in this same camp right here. The other one that scares me a little bit is, is talking about when the Lord returns that I, didn't, I don't want to be one of those who are ashamed at His coming. You, you might be saved, but you know you're going to be doing something when the rapture happens, right? Okay? You will be doing something when Jesus comes and takes us in the rapture, if, if it happens in our lifetime. Now, you don't have to tell me what you're just thinking about, <laughs> but that tells you a little bit about yourself. It's a nice little test. I want to be doing the work of my father when my king calls me home with that trumpet. I want my last breath on earth to be doing the will of my king. I know you guys want that too. I don't want anything I ever do to be an abomination distinct to my Lord. But God's telling that here. And you know, this is the thing, as I was saying, when we look at what we do for the Lord and serving in ministry and being a Christian and all of these things, something to remind us is this. I, I think this is a good reminder, and I want us to really take this to heart today. God doesn't care what you do for Him. He doesn't care about your sacrifices. 
He doesn't care about your religious actions, all the things you do, if, see there's a big if here, if your heart isn't right before him. God cares about why we do the things we do, not what we do. So many times in our flesh, we get caught up in the what. I'm going to do this for the Lord. I'm going to do this for the Lord. And we do all these things and we serve and we do all these things. But what about the why? Why are you truly doing it? You know, it's the why. It's not the what. Why do we do what we do? God would rather you do one thing for the why, for the right reason, than a million things for the what, to look good, all of those things. But just remember this. I always think back to David. You know, David, um, and you're thinking right now, what, I thought we were in Mark chapter 7. I promise this matters. <laughs> you know, David, remember David, he goes through this horrible sin where he steals another man's wife, and then he kills the man. Remember David's a man after God's own heart? Remember that. But David has some of the most profound, we were talking about this before service, some of those powerful prayers in the Old Testament, in the Psalms particularly, you know, this is one of those. In Psalm 51, you don't have to turn there. I'm, I'm just going to read you a little bit because I think it makes sense for today's teaching. In Psalm 51, we see David has just come through that time of sin and he's before the Lord and he's just naked and open before the Lord. He's just laying himself bare. He's prostrate. He's fallen, fallen before the Lord. And he says this in verses 14 through 17 of Psalm 51. It says, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. And my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. Do you really understand what this is what's saying, being said here? When I think about this, it, it honestly gets me emotional. Because you think about all the times in your life where you just came before the Lord broken. You know, think of all those times in your life. And if you've never had that, it's probably about time. But understand this. He desires this from you and I. He desires... It sounds so contrary to our flesh. He desires a broken spirit. Do you know what that word broken means? To be crushed. Our flesh doesn't want that. Our flesh wants comfort. But contrary to the flesh, he desires a broken spirit. He desires a broken and contrite heart. That word contrite in the original language, you know what it means? It means to be mentally or physically completely broken and to collapse. And wait a second. God wants that for me? <laughs> yeah. He wants us to totally surrender, to be broken before him. You know, one of my favorite examples about that is, you know, a horse, they're beautiful. I love horses. They're so beautiful. But what good are they? You know, I grew up, we had a bunch of uh, wild Mustangs out. We go watch them in the desert, glass them. It was just beautiful. You could see all of this, this beauty in these horses, but they weren't good for much. A horse isn't good for anything until it's broken. And then it's good to be used in the way that the master sees fit. And in the same way, that's how it is in our own lives. God desires utter brokenness because this is the thing about brokenness. It goes against our flesh. 
It goes against what we desire in our flesh because our, our flesh just wants comfort. It wants the path of least resistance. But remember this. I've said it before. I love it. Any dead fish can float downstream. It takes a live one to swim up. God doesn't want dead fish. <laughs> you put that in your notes today. God doesn't want dead fish, you know. Um, although we saw what he could do with dead fish last week, so maybe he does. I don't know. I'm just, these are the thoughts that enter my mind as I'm teaching. But God wants us to be broken. He wants us. Because here's the thing about brokenness is it brings absolute humility. When you're broken before God, have you ever had, you know, the cries that I'm talking about? You know, the snot cries? You know, <laughs> you're like, I can't believe he said that in church. But you know what I'm talking about. Where you're just absolutely broken before the Lord. Something's happened out of your control. Someone's hurt you. Something's happened, a tragedy, a, a sickness, whatever it is. And you are just sobbing before your king. And you have no remedy. And your flesh just wants to be comforted. It just wants to reach for that, that, that remedy. But the Lord says, no, come to me. Come unto me. Be broken before me. And understand that's what he desires. And understand this. Until we get to that place, until we're truly broken before our king, until we get to that place of utter humility, we will never be satisfied in the Lord. Do you know that? We'll always be lacking. We'll never be satisfied in Him. But here's the other thing, the most heartbreaking thing about that, is until we get to that place of utter brokenness, He will never be satisfied in us. Because that's what He desires. A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. And here we see this today in this passage because these men are so arrogant and caught up in their flesh and caught up in their pride. They're so focused on their own works, their traditions, their own idea of who God is and, who, and what he desires. And the problem is that it led them into this religious condition that they have no idea that they're in. It's blinded them. And they have heaped rule upon rule, tradition upon tradition. Just think about all the rules and regulations these men had by the time of, of Jesus' day. They had heaped upon every law from God. They had put their own traditions on it. You know, uh, Jay Stoll Moody once wrote this. He said, in contrast to the two commands of Christ, which were what? Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. In these, all the commandments are summed up. But he says this, in contrast to the two commands of Christ, the Pharisees had developed a system of 613 laws. 365 negative commands and 248 positive laws. By the time Christ came, it had produced a heartless, cold, and arrogant brand of righteousness. As such, it contained at least 10 tragic flaws. One, new laws continually needed to be invented for every new situation. Two, accountability to God was replaced by accountability to men. Three, it reduced a person's ability to personally to discern God's will. Four, it created a judgmental spirit in those who practiced it. Five, the Pharisees confused personal preference with divine law. Six, it produced inconsistencies. Seven, it created a false standard of righteousness. Eight, it became a burden to the Jews. Nine, it was strictly external, not of the heart. And ten, the most tragic of all, it was rejected by Christ. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. 
For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, golgothafellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.